to this special Saturday show uh, of Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Uh, I am continuing uh, my monthly series of sharing insights uh, from my book, Goddess Calling, Inspirational Messages and Meditations of Sacred Feminine Liberation Theology. Now, I know that's a big, long mouthful, but it basically means that goddess values liberate us or set us free. And um, I am proud to say that the book's been recommended by Jean Houston, Z Budapest, uh, foremother Barbara Walker, Isadora Forrest, Selena Fox. Uh, you can go on Amazon and see the many uh, recommendations for Goddess Calling. And today's inspirational message is uh, as relevant today as when it was written. Uh, it's called Harmony from Chaos and it's going to be followed by a meditation. You know, we do have a path forward, and uh, it's a state of mind, uh, not necessarily one gender saving us from the other. The state of mind is liberation theology, values of the sacred feminine that can help us save the world and build anew. And in today's troubling times, perhaps these words uh, that are in this book, you know, might just be one source uh, to give some direction or solace. So I hope you enjoy. And uh, just um, a little housekeeping news. Um, I do want to mention that um, uh, we had some magic happen on Wednesday. I truly believe it. Uh, if you tuned in to hear the... Um, the interview with Marguerite Rigoliozzo on uh, Mary and found out that um, the magic of Isis was at work and it turned into a tribute to Isis on her birthday, well, you know, I just have to say that is, um, you know, magic in real time. And uh, that's actually what happened. Uh, many people believe August 12th is um, – Isis's birthday, so we ended up doing a tribute to Isis because Marguerite had uh, an emergency. And we've actually rescheduled Marguerite. Uh, she is going to be with us. Uh, I'm looking for the date. Uh, yeah, she's going to be with us September 30th. Um, that will be much better for her. And um, we are going to talk about the real Mary uh, at that time. So, uh, no fears, you will still get to hear Marguerite uh, just a little bit later. And you know, I encourage you to tune into the ISIS tribute. Um, I think uh, I think you will really like it. It was, I think it turned into a pretty uh, a pretty great show. So anyway, um, I'm going to get to um, our show today, uh, Harmony from Chaos, and um, invite you to sit down, make yourself comfortable if you can, or you know, if you're working, doing the dishes, washing the clothes. That's okay, too. Um, you know, we're not doing the meditation yet, so you can uh, easily listen while you work. So anyway, this is Chapter 8, uh, Harmony from Chaos. 
We would be remiss to not state the obvious. Judeo-Christian patriarchal culture teaches man is entitled to be the master of nature and by association the female gender. Mankind reveled in his feelings of entitlement given to him by his sky god. He possessed it all and used it as he saw fit with the green light from his religion. So society forgot, or perhaps never learned, our obligation not to exploit. Too many of us forgot our obligation to be wise stewards of nature, working in harmony with all else in our giant web, this macrocosm which we all share together. Humankind forgot our obligation to be in balance and harmony with all living things, including the female gender. We became disconnected from each other and the energy of the universe. We were broken and fragmented. We certainly became disconnected from the ideals of the Great Mother. All was in disharmony. This was not always the norm. The ancients understood the delicate balance, this dance between the masculine and feminine energies. One wonders if Kabbalah teachings, which predate the Bible, might have been influenced by matriarchies when we learn they teach that man must embrace the sacred feminine within himself in order for him to lead a rich and fulfilled life. We once knew there must be harmony, a partnership, if you will, between the energies of masculine and feminine. Indigenous people living close to the land understood the importance of living in harmony with nature. Native Americans honored Mother Earth equally with Father Sky, and it was their belief not to take more from the Earth than they needed to sustain themselves. Aboriginal peoples are so closely connected to the land that men and women speak of feeling in their very bones any abuse heaped upon their sacred land. The myths of the Inuit goddess Sedna reflect ready-made environmental balances to keep the natural world safe from overuse and exploitation. We can see in Egyptian wall reliefs the goddess Isis handing the pharaoh Ma'at, or the right to rule the people, in justice, in harmony, in righteousness. Yes, he received that authority from she of 10,000 names. But what was Ma'at? Embodied in the personification of the great goddess Ma'at, that winged goddess with the feather on her head, was the ancient Egyptian understanding of this principle of balance and harmony. Her name literally meant truth in Egyptian. She was truth, order, balance, and justice in the guise of the sacred feminine. She was harmony. She was what was right. She was how things should be. It was the responsibility of the pharaoh to rule his people utilizing the principles of Ma'at. It was thought that if Ma'at didn't exist, the universe would become chaos once again. Does it not feel sometimes as if that is exactly what we have today? Turn on the news and the world is certainly in chaos. We hear about Abrahamic fundamentalism turning into terrorism and the resulting loss of life. We see economic terrorism and many of us feel the direct effects of disaster or predator capitalism. We see the disharmony from the imbalance of power in the United States, whether it be within political parties or as corporations battle workers or as the rich taking more and more of the pieces of the pie, all creating chaos and disharmony in the lives of many. 
We see conservative right-wing fundamentalist ideology taking constitutional rights away from women, trying to deny gays the rights to marry, even causing young gay men and lesbians to commit suicide because they are told they're an abomination in the eyes of this Abrahamic God. We've been waging war in foreign countries across the across the globe for more than a decade, yet we rarely hear about the human casualties, the loss of life, the family split split apart, the maimed, the real number of dead, or the women forced into prostitution and human trafficking. All that collateral damage, all that chaos and disharmony. Pain and atrocities may be swept under the rug and sanitized, but are nevertheless real. Of course, there is chaos beyond our control, such as some natural disasters, but juxtapose that with the chaos chosen or imposed on others by the powerful, like corporations destroying natural resources, the debt ceiling, faux emergency, or the sequester, all that drama and suffering that disproportionately affects the powerless and poor, the middle class and most needy. What about the long lines people had to stand in to vote? What about what's going on with the post office? What about the president's failure to do everything possible to keep Americans safe during this COVID epidemic? Does this, all not, does this not all feel like a form of manipulation created by certain factions who feel entitled to wreak havoc or act irresponsibly or selfishly rather than to seek harmony and what is best for all the citizenry? But let's again think about the nature of disharmony and chaos, both multilayered and complicated in their design. Can either actually be a good thing sometimes? Can real change, new life, and new beginnings actually come from chaos? What about the Big Bang? Think about the labors of childbirth, the messy, chaotic, and painful process. Yet what comes forth is the promise of new life. Think about the social justice movements, the Black Lives Matter movement across the globe as people fight for their rights, protest against austerity and autocracy protest against the, the rich, the 1% who have all, all the, uh, the benefits and the 99% uh, who are left starving and in food lines. Wildfires and lava flows actually benefit the soil in the long view. And of course, wildfires and lava, there's certainly chaos. But when we protest, we also seek out a more hopeful future. These are examples of maybe good things coming from harmony and chaos. Think about chaos in communities or within relationships. Can anyone remember the confusing and chaotic feelings of love or divorce or political chaos? This goes back a ways, but remember the chaos in Wisconsin that woke up the middle class and got them on their feet or the election of Donald Trump that got so many women out on the street. We watched the Egyptian spring as the oppressed from all walks of life stood together, risking their very lives in what seemed like sheer chaos at times to bring the hope of opportunity and freedom into their lives. Chaos and disharmony is unsettling, ugly, or disorienting, but it's like stirring the cauldron. It's like rattling the sistrum. We shake up the energies of the universe to keep things from being stagnant. 
So perhaps we can see that sometimes chaos, chaos is a necessary thing, a catalyst toward change, even paradigm shifts. Chaos can lead to good things. So let us not fear chaos always. Let us try to grab the hope, the potent ideas, or the building blocks from that chaos so that good may be the outcome. Let's face it. When it comes to ecofeminism or goddess, did we think we would rebirth the sacred feminine ideals into our times in absolute harmony? Did we think that authoritarian father would vanish because we willed it or prayed for it? Did we think the patriarchal power of rich capitalists and organized religion would roll over and play dead or give up power and control easily? Does anyone who has their tentacles in us give up easily? No, that extrication of their tentacles in our flesh is painful. They create chaos and wedge issues to divide us. Sometimes it's a tactic stirring fear, encouraging confusion with disinformation. And their attempt to retain their power over us, their game is to divide and conquer propaganda, culture wars, racial tension, pitting gay against straight, immigrants against citizens, conservatives against liberals, union workers against non-union workers, and low-information voters against themselves. Take our eyes off the real enemies of harmony, peace, sustainability, and balance. I know I've heard more times than I care to that the problem is the teachers, the firefighters, the unions that protect the workers, or the poor, who are all those takers, sometimes referred to as the 47% by former presidential hopeful. Remember Mitt Romney? They are the enemy, we're told. So no light might shine on the real creators of the chaos, which would upset the apple cart of the status quo. Conservatives are known to support the institution simply for the sake of stability, even though there are those at the bottom of our dominator society suffering greatly for that illusion of security and sustainability. So when we strive for harmony, let us not be blind to the benefits of shaking things up, of that chaos, as some might call it. Some of this chaos and disharmony, we as individuals cannot do a lot about. Yes, we can vote, sign petitions, march in the street, boycott companies that abuse the environment and their workers, write our politicians, maybe even run for office ourselves. We the people can join groups that give us the numbers to fight big money. But in our everyday lives, 24-7, what can we do to increase harmony in the short term, in our personal lives, and in our families and communities? Well, We can start by getting toxic people out of our lives. We can know the issues so we don't accidentally support people working against our interests. We can try to communicate better and not be so reactionary. We can cut out the drama. Everyone remembers Mr. Spock on Star Trek? Did you ever envy his cool? We can restrict ourselves and strive for moderation. We can negotiate and practice partnership instead of having to have it all one way or our way. We can value diversity. We can put the shoe on the other foot and try to see things through another's eyes. We can share and be generous and show gratitude and appreciation for each other. 
we can live within our means and we can look out for each other. It's about the we and the us, not the I and the me. We can meditate and reinforce our connection with the divine, with ma'at. Maybe hugging a tree or attending a spiritual service helps us feel harmony. We can also establish our own traditions and values rather than adopt those that the religion of our birth or our patriarchal consumer society tries to force on us. We don't have to be cogs in their wheel or hamsters on a treadmill of excess consumerism and chaos. We can empower ourselves with awareness and knowledge, with the values of the Divine Mother rather than the patriarchy and teach that to our children. We can walk that talk and perpetuate it in our communities. We can demand it in our leaders. We can live by the laws of Mother Nature. She shows us that what we tend to and nurture survives and thrives, that things grow from the ground up. Growth does not trickle down. We can live in balance and harmony by the mother's rules of interconnectedness and relatedness rather than the rules of rugged individualism and survival of the fittest mentalities. We can realize we have finite resources and continual growth cannot be sustained and opt for the development of ourselves instead. We can readopt the ideal of Jesus, a.k.a. the sacred masculine, who said, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least among you, you did not do for me. I'll repeat that again, the ideal of the Jesus, a.k.a. the sacred masculine, who said, quote, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least among you, you did not do for me, unquote. So there is actually a lot we can do to bring more harmony into our lives and perhaps remember that sometimes chaos is our friend. So let us set out on our own boundaries and benchmarks. We are not the sheeple type. Be creative and share ideas. Dream outside the box. Create your own reality. Do not give in to the fear or let it suck you into disharmony. We have roadmaps. Look to the caring cultures and the values of matriarchies and carry those new traditions forward. With pride and certainty, perpetuate the way of the mother where we serve the whole, not just ourselves, where we live in harmony, valuing, sharing, and caring. Carry these ideals out with this certainty that sanity, balance, and order can reign in our lives. Be tenacious about embracing harmony. Be like water wearing away rock. We can restore the equilibrium and stop the runaway train. We can change the rules. We can be the change. Just think outside the box and embody or invoke the goddess Ma'at and follow the innate abilities we have within us as children of the sacred feminine. We are here carrying the torch to reestablish her rules. So let us all be her messenger, her sacred roar. And remember, everything old is new again. So what do you think about that? Some food for thought, I think. Yes. Well going to take a little break here and uh, let you hear from Laura Perry and I will be back to do our meditation. The Minoans of ancient Crete, an egalitarian society 
where women were honored, where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labyrinth and Horns, and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan Coloring Book. And discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan Tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. Well, I just got Laura's book, uh, Labyrinth and Horns, and I can't wait to dig in. Uh, It looks like an incredible book. And um, I also have a word from you from um, uh, the the wonderful uh, artist, um, uh, Heather Mendel. Um, She has some news for you uh, I want to share. Um, This is from Heather Mendel. She says, uh, in the age of fusion, blended families, faiths, and foods, where all these these, uh, blends and fusions are commonplace, Think about what do you get when you interweave Kabbalah and Tarot? Maybe it's Tarola <laughs> or Carbalo. Uh, <laughs> Having a little trouble pronouncing those, but I think you get what she means. Well, whatever name you choose, the Parallax Oracle is born, the pathway to a practice of deepening our intuitive that connects us with the underlying oneness of all life. On September 26, mystic author and artist, artist uh, Heather Mandel, she's going to introduce uh, her new book and deck that interweaves both ancient wisdom traditions with contemporary consciousness as they dance in the, abra- in, in the embrace of the sacred feminine. Are you interested in learning to read the Tarot's Minor Arcana with the heart of a Kabbalist? Well, if you are, she's offering four two-hour Zoom classes on using her new deck. You can email Heather and discover this. Uh, it's highly original. It's powerful and uh, personal connection with the cards that will forever change the way you think about both Kabbalah and Tarot. Uh, her website is sacredfemininekabbalah.com, and her email, if you want to find out more about those Zoom classes coming up at the end of September, you can email her at heathermendel at gmail.com, and I'll spell her name, H-E-A-T-H-E-R-M-E-N-D-E-L at gmail.com. And she is going to be here on the show on September 2nd, yep, right around Labor Day, and we're going to be talking about uh, this fusion of the Tarot and Kabbalah. Uh, otherwise known as the Parallax Oracle. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedio. Phew. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, here up in the mountains where I live today, I am sweltering. We have fires raging about 30 miles away to the south, um, and the heat on the thermometer is uh, approaching 100. Uh, I'm actually sitting here with, um, with, a, with a cold towel wrapped around my head and wrapped around my neck. <laughs> and I can't wait for it to be about 8 o'clock tonight because that's when things start to get cool and it feels so beautiful outside. 
So anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, and do our meditation. I hope perhaps uh, uh, you've taken this time to um, you know to get comfortable. And uh, since we were talking about Ma'at, uh, I think I'm going to do a meditation on Ma'at that's also in the Goddess Calling book, Chapter 32. And uh, let's see, that's on page 176. Now, you know, I wrote this uh, Goddess Calling book with the idea that uh, a person could use these inspirational messages for themselves, for some uplift, for for some raised awareness, for some inspiration. Uh, Or they could use them if uh, they wanted to read to their children uh, or their kids, or maybe they have a group. You know, uh, maybe they have a book circle. Maybe they have a spiritual group. And, you know, this way uh, you could roughly follow the wheel of the year or not. And you didn't have to, um, you know, uh, you know, have the, the stress, uh, you know, or the extra work to uh, actually uh, write the message yourself. Uh, this was meant for convenience for you. Uh, and you can do an entire, um, you know, little ritual here uh, using at the core uh, the inspirational message and the meditation. So, you know, just food for thought. I don't know if you knew that about uh, Goddess Calling. Um, so anyway, we are going to do the uh, the meditation now, Chapter 32, Ma'at, Feather of Truth. And um, I'd like you to please get comfortable and relax. Shake off uh, any outside stress, concerns, and fear. Uh, I'd like you to start, uh, you know, going within. Start to breathe in and out. Breathe in and out. Allow yourself to see the suggestions uh, from this meditation on the movie screen of your third eye. Breathe in to the count of five and out to the count of five. One, two, three. Four, five, and out, two, three, four, five. Do that again. Allow yourself to feel grounded and connected. Center yourself. Imagine yourself lying down in a cool green meadow. Looking up, you see the bright sunshine and you feel the warmth of its rays on your skin. You can hear the sound of running water from a cool and clear stream only feet before you. You feel you can really relax. So you close your eyes as you soak in the essence and beauty of this place that you somehow know is very special perhaps even sacred. Then there is a gentle touch on your arm and you open your eyes to see your loved one is there with you. Your loved one beckons you to follow. So you get up and walk toward a grove of trees in the distance. You see a smile on your beloved's face and you know instantly how much you are loved. You both continue walking, and soon you are immersed within the sacred grove. 
You smell the freshness in the air. You take in the scent of the trees that remind you of days spent in nature's embrace. Then suddenly, before you both, you see a tumble of fallen pillars from the temple of days past. You follow your beloved as you both are being called to sit before a large, ancient altar stone. As you sit, you focus on your surroundings. You see the temple was once a beautiful place and it still exudes an aura of potency and mystery. You hear the birds singing and see the rabbits frolicking among the long green grass that has grown up among the stones. A delicious scent seems to fill the air and you feel just a little bit intoxicated from the sweetness. It makes you want to close your eyes, relax, and breathe in this once sacred place. You bask in the delicate sensations this place conjures within you. You feel just a bit sleepy with your eyes half shut. Then, all of a sudden, you you notice a mist collecting around one of the altar stones. The ancient inscription is even glowing. You look over at your beloved, who you can tell sees it too. You're both mesmerized as you see the inscription becoming larger, clearer, and more defined. You see the form of a woman holding a feather begin to take shape, shifting into the life-sized woman that is now before you. She has a kind face, and she smiles at you. Notice her straight black hair and the white feathers she holds in her hands. As you are looking upon this wondrous, magical vision, you notice in the background that the temple is no longer a jumble of fallen stones. It's now the magnificent place it once was and still is for you and your beloved in this moment in time. You are standing on a marble floor now. You feel the cold beneath your bare feet. You notice the sparkling gems in the crown upon the woman's head and the flowing robes that clothe her body. She gestures to you to walk up the marble steps that will take you closer, and you willingly obey. Standing before her, you hear her begin to speak, and she says, You are my child my creation, whom I love with all my heart. Know that you may come to me any time to unburden yourself, to avail yourself of my feathers of truth so you might set yourself free. Your eyes meet and you feel the sincerity in these words. You feel a warmth and a relief engulf your body. Ma'at continues and says, You must be brave to carry my feather of truth. This is your time to transform and move into the next phase of life, to embrace new truths and let go of old ideas. This is the time for you to lay down the past. Allow, allow, allow yourself to become who you were meant to be. Throw off the shackles that bind your rebirth. The lady gestures for you to kneel before her. 
and she anoints you with the white feather she holds in her hand, saying these healing words. Let what no longer serves you take flight. Lighten your mind and unburden yourself. Allow yourself to heal. Purify your mind from thoughts and deeds which hold no truth or life. You are being called to let go of those things that once shaped you, but they are no longer needed. Trust in me, my child. I am the great creatrix who blessed your mother's womb. You are perfect, and I love you unconditionally. Know that you may return to me here any time you are troubled. I am within you and within all living things. As Maat's voice trails off, you notice that the mist that formed her body begins to fade. You stand there in awe until the last molecules of her form have disappeared. Were you dreaming? Could this have actually happened? You turn around and look at the face of your beloved and touch the tears you see gently gathered. You know your beloved knows this lady, and now you do too. You take the hand of your beloved, and you both silently walk down the marble steps. You can hardly believe what has just transpired. As you look back over your shoulder, you see the ancient columns here, once again in a jumble. The birds are flying overhead, and the rabbits are playing among the tall green grasses. You walk back through the sacred grove of trees to the spot alongside the stream where this journey began. You feel renewed. You feel loved. You feel protected. You know you are never alone. When you're ready, allow yourself to open your eyes and return to our circle from where you started your journey. Allow yourself to continue to feel the emotions that came up for you in this meditation. They are a part of who you are. Rub your hands together now. Wiggle your toes. Open your eyes and smile at the person next to you. Awaken from your journey, but retain, retain the message for the days and weeks ahead I hope you enjoyed that I love these meditations Um, some of them uh, I've actually recorded and uh, they're on my channel uh, on YouTube Uh, you can find those uh, if you look a little bit uh, put in YouTube Karen Tate Uh, I actually somehow have two YouTube channels. Uh, One has some talks that I've given. One has some meditations. If you have any trouble finding it, uh, just email me at KarenTate108 at Yahoo.com. I have a couple other things to say to you before you go today. Uh, But uh, before, uh, before I let you go and before I share the Uh, last few things uh, that I'd like to share. Um, Please uh, hear this word from Joe Carson.
Hello. Let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of Earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is what Drusilla Pettibone said on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I don't think I can comment on it adequately until I've had a chance to watch it a couple more times. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was obviously very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast and with so many layers. I am also so pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage. It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. mention, uh, you know, if you're a regular listener, you've heard from Joe Carson. Her name is familiar to you. Uh, she has the uh, Celebrate Wildness book and uh, Dancing with Gaia. Um, there's a, I have a wonderful treat for you coming up at, in September. Joe Carson is going to be with us for a weekend doubleheader. On Saturday the 12th, uh, she and another of her cohorts, uh, they're going to be here with me uh, talking about uh, the the tradition, Ferifaria, which I think uh, many folks out there might not know a lot about. Then on Sunday uh, of the doubleheader, uh, her and her, um, you know, the other practitioners of uh, Ferifaria, uh, they are going to actually do a Ferifaria ritual right here on the radio. So uh, we've never done that before, but I think it should be fun, and we're going to give it a try. So uh, mark your calendar for September 12th and 13th, or as I always tell you, please uh, click the follow button on the show page, and then you don't have to worry about um, not knowing about when these shows get recorded. Now, um, next Wednesday, I have with me uh, the producer of Wonderland Films, um, uh, Emmanuel Etier. Uh, he's going to be talking about uh, several documentaries of these, uh, uh, of his, which um, like-minded folks uh, like you out there uh, will want to know about. Then the following Wednesday, uh, August 26th, Judith Shaw is here on the show. Uh, uh, Judith is a leader in the um, women's spirituality community, and uh, she's going to be talking about uh, sacred animals of the goddess and their relevance. Then um, on September 2nd, I've already mentioned uh, Heather Mendel is going to be with me, and she's going to talk about the Parallax Oracle, uh, that fusion of uh, Tarot uh, and Kabbalah. And... Um, 
Then Marguerite Rigoglioso uh, closes out September uh, as uh, she's with me talking about the show that didn't happen Wednesday because of the ISIS magic. Uh, Marguerite will be with me the last Wednesday of the month uh, to talk about um, her new book uh, and the thesis. Um, and this was part of the thesis that she defended uh, as she graduated too. Um, you know, there's so much about Mary that the average person just doesn't know about and we don't learn uh, within patriarchal religion and um, you know she's going to be sharing that um, sharing that with us so I don't think you'll want to miss it um, so that takes care of um, uh, August and September and I'm already starting to book shows uh, in October so um, that about does it, friends. Um, I do want to encourage everyone to uh, try to stay calm uh, during the chaos and disharmony that this president is creating with the sabotage of the post office and his failure to do everything possible to save our lives during the pandemic. Um, do everything you can right now. Um, write your congressman, uh, even if they are uh, not the party you vote for. Um, pressure works. Pressure works. I remember when George Bush was talking about ending Social Security, and uh, the White House switchboard actually was shut down with the calls. Uh, that were made. Uh, I mean, they just, uh, I mean, it was an overwhelming response. He was bombarded. He felt the pressure. Well, that's what we have to do. You know, it might feel like it doesn't do any good, but if we all do it, if we all do it, if we all send that email, make that call, um, you know, call the uh, Washington office, call the local office for your representatives, email the White House, bombard them, tell them you will not tolerate this dismantling of the post office, this sabotage, this voter suppression. You know, um, it, it's, it's amazing, really, when you think about what this president is doing. So many people have said he's an asset of Vladimir Putin, uh, taking orders from Putin to uh, destroy the country from within. And it's hard not to believe that. You know, the media wants to say it's his narcissism, it's his ignorance, it's his selfishness. Well, you know, that all might be true, but that doesn't mean he isn't also taking orders from uh, Russia or maybe even China uh, because they do want the United States to fall, you know? Um, so we have to do everything within our power. I know it feels like it's a waste of time, but you know what? Devote the next couple days to sending emails, making phone calls. Tell your friends and family to do the same thing. And you know what? That adds up. That adds up. All these numbers of people adds up. Bombard them. Let them know you are listening. Let them know you will do everything possible everything possible to keep our democracy intact. And you might also want to go to Indivisible on the Internet or another organization called Five Calls. And uh, they make it really easy to contact your representative and your congressperson. Uh, they tell you exactly who to contact for what issues. And if you don't know about these already, um, you know what? It's never too late to get involved, and it's never been more important. And the final thing, get your ballot in early. 
get your ballot in early because the longer you wait, the less likely it will be counted. Tell your family and friends, get the ballots in now as early, as early as possible. Don't wait. Don't wait. All right. That's all I have to say. Um, stay hopeful. Keep fighting. Be tenacious. Be strong. Be sekmet. That's what's called for right now, that sekmet energy of tenacity, courage, and strength. Be that lioness roar. You know, um, you know, I watch this commercial sometimes and, uh, you know, see these lionesses in action. And, uh, you know, they just, they just kind of make me feel good. <laughs> there it is. There's that lioness roar. Let's hear it again. <laughs> be that sacred roar. Yes, be that sacred roar. Be Sepmet. Be that lioness out there or that lion for my male listeners. You know, get out there. Stand up empower yourself do everything possible don't take this laying down be strong be courageous fight back thank you very much dear listeners i will be with you again on wednesday and thank you for your emails thank you for your calls um, please keep them coming you are the gas in my tank and until next Wednesday, may Isis embrace you in her golden wings. May Sekhmet, the Lady of Tenacity, manifested. May she dissolve, destroy, remove the obstacles in your life with the, her laser eyes uh, of the sun. All right. Bye for now. Have a great weekend. <laughs>